Hey, fabulous listeners. We're your international besties, Allie and Jordan. Join us each week to hear our musings and see why we're pretty sure never clueless. Hello, everyone. Hello. We are back with another episode of Pretty Sure Never Clueless. Yes, we are. The format of this week's episode is going to be a little different. Jordan has been going through a breakup, so we want to focus on relationships and breakups this week. So, Jordan, why don't you get everyone up to speed? Tell us a little bit about what you've been going through. (sighs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Here goes. So... For those who've been listening since the beginning, you'll know that this podcast started off the back of me dealing with a really tough breakup. I've tried to share some small glimpses of some of the everyday truths of my healing journey and some of the realities of, you know, keeping in contact with an ex when you're trying to sort of still work on things. Episode 11, I mentioned that we finally went to couples therapy and we were on a journey that I thought was improving. But recently... At the start of the year, some things happened, and the long and the short of it is we parted ways for good. So as I've kind of been dealing with a lot of my really difficult emotions and trying to process everything, and I do cry a lot, I really wanted to share with you all where I'm at in a really raw way and to share some of the lessons that I think many of you will be able to relate to. So here goes. Yes. So... I just wanted to give some background on the relationship. I was in a relationship for, oof, it's already getting hard. Sorry. You got this. You got this. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Ooh. Um, Sorry. Fuck. It's fine. You're going to just think one day you're going to look back and be in a better place. So. Gosh, yeah. I hope so. (laughs) You will be. You will be. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I was in a relationship for four years when we broke things off in the middle of June of this past year, 2023. We met at work in the summer of 2019, and we just fell madly in love pretty quickly. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Just bear with me. I am going to get through this, so don't worry. You got it. It was that kind of inseparable love bubble kind of love that, you know, you feel like you can take on the world, like you feel like you finally found your home. Everything was amazing in the beginning and for a while, really. My ex had a child from a previous relationship and when COVID hit, he had to move back permanently to the home that he owned two hours away from me where his ex was still living with his child. So through that time, we went through a lot of hurdles. We were long distance, we were navigating that living situation, but I think we really made it work and we really were each other's life raft over the two years of lockdown and a really different world we were living in. But we did have some differences and differences in beliefs and overall cultural differences that made it really tough as well. By year three, we'd had a lot of power dynamic struggles cultural differences and they were becoming more prominent than ever but we still really loved each other and we wanted it to work so by the time the things ended back in June we'd actually already had a few boiling points over that year period where we'd nearly broken up but then we didn't and we'd have more amazing times together so when it ended in June he he broke up with me I was truly heartbroken 
I was at a stage in my life where I was really excited and ready to start a family and to get married to this person. And in a conversation that I thought would bring us together and unite us became our ending. So fast forward a few weeks and through separation, we were actually able to see some of the negative cycles that we were in and something I think that really only a breakup could sort of realign you to if only we could kind of work on ourselves, then maybe we could find a way back to each other. We both found it difficult to walk away fully. And so over these last six months of many conversations, hangouts, I'll add with boundaries, <laughs> and the decision to do couples therapy in hopes that we could unlock better tools to grow, I think it went really well at first. From my perspective, the first few months were really great. We were having more honest conversations, better communication, taking accountability for our parts of the problems that we had. And he was finally pursuing me again and expressing emotions and desires for our future in a way that he hadn't in a long time. And I was excited. I was excited for what was now possible again. But after an unfortunate miscommunication disagreement in October, he started to pull away and shift back more into this elusive emotional state, emotional behavior. I became the anxious pursuer again. I was the one asking to hang out. I was the one sharing my feelings and desires for our future, what I felt in the moment, you know, where weeks before he was the one pouring his heart out. We went to our first therapy session, as I previously shared, and though it was tough, I think we still felt like there was hope, you know, that things could shift in a positive direction. But in December, I really started to feel him pull away. I was unaware through lack of communication on his part, but realistically was showing through silent behaviors that behind the scenes, he was feeling our differences were just too big to overcome. But he remained there. And when pressing him, you know, he was he was like, oh, I'm here. I'm still talking to you, you know. So I was trying to kind of calm my my fears, my doubts and the anxiety that was starting to build. But when I went home for the holidays, things shifted and he just stopped reaching out or calling me, only ever answering my calls, never calling back. My anxiety went through the roof. I could feel it in my gut. This wasn't someone who was interested or thinking of a future with me anymore. And I think my intuition was telling me not to give access to someone who couldn't put in the same effort anymore. But I was still hoping. I kept giving him opportunities to turn it around because, to be honest, the end was just too much to bear to think about. After another two days of being ignored, the straw broke for me. And I could no longer take a passive backseat to my own emotions in life. So after confronting him and a very honest conversation, we decided to call it quits for good. So, sorry. It's okay. We're still going through it. Yeah, it's fresh. Just so you know, like, this is... We're, it's very fresh. We're recording this, like, I think this happened two weeks ago now, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. So, yeah, so it is fresh still. I mean, you're stronger than me. I would not be able to be doing this episode <laughs> uh, two weeks out of a breakup. I know, I know. I, I'm probably crazy, but I just, I wanted it to be as real as possible and yes this is how i'm feeling so yeah um okay so <clears throat> this was somebody that i <sighs> sorry i feel like i'm at like the award speech and like they're counting me <laughs> down and i'm trying to finish it. 
So this was someone I, I deeply loved for years. I really fought for this relationship. I really shifted a lot of myself and a lot of my beliefs in certain things to make the relationship work. This was someone who, whose son I became super close with and fell in love with, whose family oof, I got to know. To be honest, this was the only relationship I can truly, truly look back on from any that I've had and say, like, I really saw myself marrying this person and, and I had made a choice, you know, I had made the choice in my mind and in my heart to never spend a day without them. What's sad is having hope can make you feel a false sense of ease. And I think that's kind of what was carrying me through the last six months. But I know, you know, this is the end. I fought the fight, but I, you know, I couldn't fight it alone anymore. And that's not really where I wanted to end up. So these last few weeks, I've really leaned into my grief. I've really been mourning an ending that I didn't allow myself to fully feel back in June. We were still talking, you know, nearly every day. But now, you know, this is my real healing journey. And I'm doing things in this grief process to help me that, you know, I think are helping in some ways. Things like, you know, leaning on my friends, leaning on you, Allie. Not kind of hiding away like I usually do and dealing with it on my own. Like I'm made a point to message people and tell them, hey, this is happening and I'm going to struggle and I'm going to need your help. Yeah, um, that's important. It is important. And I know I'm used to not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I deal a lot on my own. So that's a big thing. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm trying to really honor my pain and I'm really trying to deal with it by going through it. I have those moments where I'm sitting alone and I'm crying. Those moments, you know, where sometimes it's just like it's silent and you're just sitting at the edge of your breath and there's just like a few extra breaths because you're just like, oof, this is this is like real. This is life, you know. Crying a lot has helped <laughs> and journaling. Journaling has been really massively helpful for me. It was back in the beginning of the, the first proper breakup, but even more now just to help get my my thoughts and even my subconscious out. And so it's kind of in these moments where, you know, I, I said to Ali, like, Ali, I really want to do this episode. And I've been reflecting a lot about like what I what I what I could learn from this. And like, I, I guess I've been reflecting on my ending, what it means why it's so painful even after you know you I've, got, I've gone through many breakups now and it's like why is it still so painful and why does it hurt worse and one of the things that I realized and I want to talk about I realized like it's a death of a relationship yes and it's sad because you don't get to see or know that person anymore at their absence is absolutely felt and that is a big part of the loss but even more than that it's a death of a version of ourselves that will no longer be and it's that that version of ourselves that we've cultivated over years but that you can you can stick with those things that you've like i feel like you don't lose yourself you know what i mean like you you take what you've learned from that relationship and you move forward with those new beliefs if those are what you want like yes of course there's a death of the future with that person but you mm. you at the end of the day are are the same person you know what i mean like to me you're still the same person i see you in the same light you know what I mean like of course there's things about your journey that are going to change like imagine you you were living in a different country and then you move like of course that's going to change things but like you're still like your essence is still the same you would think you would hope unless you really lose yourself after a breakup but I feel like you so far have not I don't see you losing yourself but it's like the person that you are before when you before you meet the person and the person you are after you are a different person like I'm not the same person yeah of course you're not the person that you you were before 
but you from two days before the breakup you're you're still the same person you know what i mean like that's what i'm saying you've you've grown with that person Absolutely. but at the, after in the moment of breakup you're still the, you you can be the same person if you want to like all is not lost you're right you know it's not like i'm like okay now i who now who am i gonna be I mean, but it is in some in, in some sense, it is like, oh, who am I going to be? Because now it's like a blank slate in the sense of like, yeah, I mean, when you're in a relationship, you have to make a lot of decisions as a unit. And yeah. when you're single, you really don't. You're free to do what you want. So in that sense, yes, like you can be who you want to be now without having another person's opinions in the mix. Well, and I think in my case, I think I made a lot of sacrifices yeah. that that shifted like where my life was going. And so for me, there was a path, there was a version I had already yeah. envisioned, you know, like there was that I already saw all the big milestones. I saw the the small moments like I just imagined who I was cre- like becoming with him and and also being with him in the sense of like what was required, who I had to be for that partner is sort of different. Yeah. But the good thing about that is like if you learned certain behaviors with a person, you can still take those with you. You know what I mean? Like here's an example. Me with my ex-boyfriend, I learned about organization with him. He was super organized, super disciplined. And so like being around someone who's like that, you see that like day to day. And you, of course, take that with you. Yeah. And so like even when that person's gone, you're like, oh, I really saw this for three years or five years in my case. And so you can still be that. Like It, it gives you the chance to like reevaluate your, your self-concept to think, OK, who do I want to be? Your personality didn't just change now that you're not with this person. Everything you learned with him, you can take with you now. I don't know. I think like when you go through a break, you have a moment where you start doubting your whole self-concept. I mean, I don't know about your case, but you can feel like rejection or who am I? Like someone didn't like me or you have like this moment in time where you can reevaluate who you are. But like to me, you're the same person. Like you're funny, you're creative, you're generous that you didn't change those things just because you were with this this person. Maybe before you were on a path to get married in one year, but that doesn't affect like me in the sense of like my relationship to you. Maybe it's because there was like a lot that I had to work through when it came to like my beliefs my yeah but that's amazing yes like I think there's parts that like I've, I'm changed in a way like I like I'm different to who I was I don't know how to describe it I guess it's like like there is a, a version that lives a, that life mm-hmm. in manifestation right the whole thing is like you envision that whole life you have to like feel it and be it and, and imagine the joy and imagine like your children coming down or like imagine what your partnership looks like in 10 years I've like actually lived and felt that and so it's that that life it's that life that that version of me that goes down that path that dies yeah but that can come back you know what I mean like yeah with that person it has died so to speak yes and 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 that's where what you're probably grieving right now is that life with that person but you have to think at the end of the day like to get you through this that it will happen again it's gonna happen again you already felt what it felt like you're gonna get back to those emotions that you had like obviously you don't have that specific emotion because you don't have that person in your life right now but you'll hopefully get it back yeah so that's what you want and then you have to focus on the things that you didn't want with that person too things that were like things that you didn't like then you're like okay well now I have a, a start to not have that thing happen again who do I want to be what behaviors do I want to live with what traits do I want in the next person I'm in a relationship with yeah I mean that that's like a good lead on to my next point because I I was in this moment obviously thinking about like just in general, all my exes and just thinking about me, you know, and my and like what mm-hmm. behaviors like I've not been happy with in myself or what I've allowed. I've had like some, you know, you've been through it all, but I've had some really shitty breakups. I've had mm-hmm. almost every relationship has ended in cheating besides this one. And or it was a result of, you know, down the line, a, rec- a repercussion of cheating. 
I was thinking about how I've always taken partners back and yeah in those moments when they've cheated or they've done something to betray me or lie to me and I I realized like I was betraying myself in in those moments like I was thinking about how like how good it starts out as especially this relationship what makes me so sad is how good it started out as mm-hmm. and even for a while like it just was so beautiful but I still betrayed myself in this relationship not because I you know he cheated on me and I let him stay with me but because the moments that he started to show he wasn't giving effort or disinterest or started to treat me in behaviors that I didn't think I deserved I still allowed it and then over time compile that over a, a, a period of time of kind of slowly letting these little things that I feel like oh you know like no I don't I don't stand for that but then letting it happen I then hurt myself in the end and I was really thinking about this like I feel like a, wa- a lot of women do this where we we have this amazing thing in the beginning and then slowly but surely we've basically like taken a snapshot and that snapshot is who we are what we want the relationship we have the person that we're with that that snapshot is like okay this is amazing this is what it is and then slowly people start showing themselves more they start doing things start maybe not treating us as well maybe stop showing up as much and we just don't value ourselves and so Uh clearly for me you know in the past I think about it and I was like clearly I felt in some capacity I don't remember why I felt this but I clearly felt unworthy enough to be like no I'm gonna stay or something kept me that I felt like well I, I must deserve this or I don't know I can change it whatever it is so I guess here's my second kind of lesson and takeaway I had created a version of me and a version of us in our relationship that's who we were. But I didn't allow the version of who we became and who he became and who he was showing up as to actually transform that vision in my mind. I fought it. I literally held a death's grip on who we were, our relationship, who he was. Again, it didn't happen like, you know, maybe some people it happens like for a couple months, they're amazing. And then, you know, six months in, they're awful. We had like a good two years, I feel like, where... Yeah, but I feel like this is also why people end up in divorce also, like 30 years down the line as well. It happens to a lot of couples. Where I feel like most couples that end up in divorce, a lot of them, it's that like they see that things have changed and they're not like working to bring the couple back together. Yeah. I mean, I've not been married, so I can't say exactly, but I feel like that's what happens in a lot of marriages, you know? I think there's a difference, obviously. When you're married, like, you can't just be like, okay, cool, well, you're not showing up, so bye. You know, like, that's marriages for for better, for worse. And really, to make it work, you need two partners willing to work on stuff. Yeah, but what if one person's willing to work and the other's not? That's That's, what I'm saying. That's what I mean. So so eventually, like, that's why people get divorced. But that's kind of like, in your situation, what you were saying, you were really trying to work on things. And your partner was not. Yeah, so. I was. I, I mean, and maybe from his perspective, he doesn't feel he, he wasn't, but he wasn't. Exactly. So like, that's where there's a, well, this is where there's a disconnect is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Yeah. One partner sees it a one way and the other doesn't and they won't budge. Neither will budge. Yeah. I think we could save ourselves a lot of unnecessary pain if we allowed the truth of who people show up as to flow. Not to look back at the past behavior and be like, oh, but that's them. Or not flow. If it's not flowing, then you just let it go, you know? But that's what I mean. But to flow is to flow. Whether that's to flow happiness, flow sadness, flow in the growing of a relationship or flow in the death of one. Yeah. I feel like if we could just be like, okay, you know what? This person's showing up like this. And maybe for two months they're showing up like this. Then if someone's not willing to correct behavior or to change... 
then it's like, okay, you're no longer that version that I saw. Yeah. And it goes back to what you said about how a lot of women will accept these behaviors or accept these things, actions from men. But it's like either they're basing this potential on what they've seen in the past, this is what, which is what you were saying, is that you yeah. saw how you guys acted in the beginning and you were holding on to this past version or you are basing their potential on what they've said they would do, but they have never actually shown in the real world. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, mm. actions speak louder than words. Yeah. So you either saw the past version and they've changed or they say, yeah, I'm going to do this, that and the other. And then they never do. And you're like, well, he said he's going to do it. So I saw like 1% of what he said. So I'm waiting to the other 99 and you're waiting to the other 99 for years or months or days or whatever it is until you're like, okay, I'm not seeing it. So I'm out. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if we if if more of us could feel that, I know certainly for me in my circumstance, I think it comes down to practice makes perfect. Honestly, being able to recognize that behavior and knowing what your worth is and what your boundaries are and saying, OK, I saw it. I'm I'm out now. Like you're not doing what you said. So this is not cute to me. I'm <laughs> bye. Well, then again, we, we talked about this like it's easier said than done. Cause yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Practice makes perfect. You have to put it into practice and hold your ground, which is what happened to me with my last breakup also, which also was a huge point of inflection for me, which was me seeing a man saying what he was going to do one thing, doing the other, and then me immediately getting being like, ew, this is gross. I'm out. Even though it was like rationally, I was like, oh, but he's so cute. But oh, we have so much fun. But I was like, no, he said this a few times and I don't like this. Like my actual man of my dreams would never act this way towards me yeah so why am I accepting it you know what I mean obviously I went home and cried to you immediately and I was like oh my god I just broke up with him because he said this and he didn't do it and whatever it was super hard in the moment as well and I was like oh like I'm gonna miss him but I'm like what am I missing I'm missing the potential yeah I'm gonna miss the potential but it wasn't ever I didn't see it in real life so I'm not really missing anything so just like kind of like ripping the bandaid off and I feel like it will get easier of being turned off by these kind of behaviors from potential partners yeah but again like if you've been with someone for two years and they've been a wholly different person yeah and then they start doing these behaviors it's hard because you you've like cultivated a deep Mm -hmm. love you've given time and I think for me when I look at it sometimes like I don't feel I've necessarily wasted time because I genuinely cherish every single moment I had with my ex-partner yeah and it means so much to me and I've actually like when I really look at things and I really when I've been assessing things in this period I'm like I really have grown I like I understand so much more what to look out for what to avoid but also like what's good and part of me wants to be angrily like well I've wasted time and I could have just I honestly probably but this is probably true there were signs a while before that You know, Mm -hmm. this person wasn't willing to show up or willing to deal with his own stuff to heal us or to work on the relationship that I could have probably saved myself a couple years of pain. You know, and and this is what I feel like I really want to talk about. I think it's really hard being in your 30s now. Yeah. I genuinely, in a very immediate way, I have to think about my eggs. I have to think about my future. Like, what do I want out of life? And like, I can't help but think that a year and a half plus two years ago now, maybe, I don't even know how long it's been because we've been split for six months technically. And for at least another year before that, we were going through issues. Mm -hmm. I could have maybe started anew sooner, but now it's like I have to deal with my consequences of not being a, a, able to let mm-hmm. go and that time isn't on my side necessarily or at least that's how it feels in the moment that I feel really 
pressured or pressed for like the what what's next because like if I genuinely want to do certain things in my life I have to take actions and so it, you can't help but think like fuck if I if I had only just yeah let who he was showing up as for a while be who it was and me just let it go because I realized it, that's not who he was anymore yeah I could have had maybe a few less pains hindsight is twenty twenty. you have the the experience now now you know like hopefully you move forward with these same lessons you you already made this decision to stay with him so you can't like live in regret you know what I mean so now it's like moving forward how are you gonna apply this to your future relationships like you're not gonna yeah. waste seconds with another man if you see these behaviors you're gonna take actions and not words you know what I mean so this is your journey yeah. this was your path like you didn't have the experience to make that decision three years ago like you- I probably did I probably did but I didn't but you didn't do it so you didn't you didn't have that information assimilated and you didn't believe it wholeheartedly. So you didn't make yeah. that decision. You know what I mean? So like you weren't in that ex- that situation. Like you had to live this. You had to live this out. And now you're going to be like, okay, now I won't make this decision. Hopefully again. Yeah. Fuck yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Because you'll see things and you're like, I'm taking things at face value and I'm I'm not going to wait for someone to show actions that they're talking about. You know what I mean? I'm going to wait. I'm going to only trust what they're actually doing. Yeah. And I mean, I think some of the things like I definitely have learned for me how important self-care is, self-growth. And and I think having dealt with what I dealt with, how important a partner with a growth mindset is and how important, you know, that being healed or at least like being on a healing journey is to the success of a relationship. Like it's cliche, but it's true when people say hurt people, hurt people, mm-hmm. you know, like relationships will inevitably fail. Like, I don't care if you're boyfriend, girlfriend. I don't care if you're in marriage. Like, if your partner doesn't know healthy ways of coping or dealing with the everyday life or their past traumas or hasn't or isn't even remotely willing to, you know, or like says they do, but then they don't. Again, it's that action, that words meeting up with actions. Mm -hmm. Like, for me, I just realized, like, I cannot deal with that again because that was the destruction of my relationship honestly like I don't just think it was like oh our problems or our differences to me it was so strikingly unability to step up and deal with stuff and you know in this process this last six months where I've been you know obviously doing hypnotherapy I've been reading a lot doing research I've actually come across this this kind of um concept or these concepts these two different ones and I know some of some of you will kind of recognize one of them and be more familiar with one and the other maybe not so much but the this concept of interdependence versus a codependent relationship Uh and for me you know this is like what I'm going to be looking for to cultivate in my future relationships like I didn't realize I even needed to like think about that so much do you think you were codependent so okay so let me give you a little definition and you tell me I mean, I'm not going to say it because I know what the definition is, but I don't think I can, like, I didn't see a relationship up close. You know what I mean? So codependency is you're so dependent on each other to the point where it negatively impacts your life. So this could look like feeling responsible for the actions of others, being afraid to be abandoned or alone, feeling responsible for your partner's happiness. Typically people who love to kind of rescue people or like think they can help heal them, Mm -hmm. 
you know, maybe doing more than your share in a relationship to keep the peace, maybe like not speaking up on certain topics because you don't want to shake the boat um, versus interdependency, which is like, I think the thing we should all be striving for in relationships. And that involves sharing that role of, of kind of a relationship, but not being so dependent that you lose yourself. So to me, this looks like, you know, healthy boundaries, time for personal interests, clear communication, taking personal responsibility for behaviors and emotions, creating safety for one another, having, you know, approachable body language and active listening. So things like that. For me, when I look back, I don't think I fully resonate with the codependency in the sense that like we we did live apart. We did have our own lives. And it's like, I mean, that that was part of the problem. I think we had we we lived too much apart and we I I did too much alone for having yeah. a partner, you know, um, although, though we did see each other like a lot considering he was so far away. But I think there were elements where I think I took on the very codependent, like I genuinely felt like I had to navigate the everyday back and forth of like their emotions and whether they were happy or not. And I would be the one who'd have to fix things and feel like stressed about it. Like, I think there were dynamics in there that became codependent. Yeah. And we're not interdependent. Like the things that that we couldn't hack, the things that like I kept asking for safety, emotional safety was like the biggest thing I wanted. Like, I just want to feel safe. I just want to feel like I'm not scared every five seconds. You're going to feel like you want to leave me like that was the thing that's interdependency. And that's what ultimately as a unity, we couldn't get to where we were. And, you know, for me, I just think it's such an interesting concept because I've gone through a lot of shit in my past. I've gone through a lot of tough moments. And I obviously, like in the beginning, if someone wasn't giving it their all towards me or interested in me, I I got to the point when I got into this relationship where if he had done that, there's no way I would have given him the time of day. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I know what feels right and what doesn't feel right. So when those behaviors started to come up and I stopped feeling safe and I felt in fear, <laughs> not for my safety, but like emotionally for the safety of our relationship, for how I felt I could show up in the relationship and feel like, OK, cool, like I'll say this and we'll, we'll be we'll come together and it'll be all good. It wasn't there. And so I will be so hyper focused on this concept of interdependency and like really looking at what what is healthy, what is actually where we're existing and we work as a unit, but we're still individuals and we still we still nourish ourselves so that we can be nourished together. And I think that was like for me, just something I just didn't have a concept of. Why? You feel like you weren't nourishing yourself? You were not taking care of yourself? I did stuff like, sure. Yeah. If you look at it, if you look at it like from an outer perspective, yeah, I was still traveling. I was still doing what I wanted. But was I really... No, like the moment that we broke up, you know this and and maybe like people who listen might have a clue. I really threw everything into myself, into my healing. And I was just like, okay, what do I feel? And let me allow that to be staying here. No, but I mean like, but like in the relationship, do you feel like you were in unhealthy self behaviors? Well, yeah. Like what? I think I started to feel so bad. I would write like clearly in all my relationships, I don't deserve anything good. It must be me. That's the one in the relationship that's just like, I don't deserve to have, you know, someone show up. I don't know. Like I started to really go into a, into a negative headspace because I felt so insecure in the relationship yeah. because I wasn't having, the person wasn't giving me security. The person wasn't making me feel safe. 
So yeah, I, I went into a really bad negative spiral, like negative thought, like real bad thoughts. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. And so when I came out of it, you know, one of the things that when I had first talked to him after we broke up and and I had done hypnotherapy and it was really helping me see hey I felt this and I and I abandoned it to to make you feel better but it it was killing me yeah I was I was suffix suppressing like yeah. my needs my my pain my anytime something would happen his hierarchy of priority on like making sure he had to handle what he could handle was first but that makes sense though I mean to me that does make sense that you have to take care of yourself before you can help the partner but like that's why people before they get in a relationship need to be both like good you know what i mean well yeah like you gotta be good yeah i know like that's what they say you need to be healed before you go into a relationship because like i feel like i'm ready to be in a relationship right now like i feel like i'm chilling like i can be in a relationship because i'm just baseline okay you know what i mean so it's like but if i were like recently out of a breakup it's like i don't think i'd be ready because i need to like start focusing on what i want like how am i going to take care of myself i it obviously makes sense but you you have to be there for your partner and i think there's a way to be able to be there for your partner and take care of yourself and honestly it always was him being prioritized it was never like you know what I gotta put my stuff aside Jordan really needs me but like yeah so maybe it wasn't he wasn't ready if he was had to always be focusing on himself well I think that's the truth and what yeah he didn't heal himself yeah he was not healed enough to be able to show up for me the way I needed it for someone else yeah that's where it was codependent because yeah I was the one feeding the dependency Mm -hmm. and he needed me to cater to that yeah. Instead of being able to help me and and me help him. I just think it's a really interesting concept that we can really not pay attention to it. And then we can get into these relationships that we don't realize is like not super healthy and it's not a healthy pattern. Yeah. And it all sort of reminds me of, did you ever read that book Attached about the attachment styles? Um, no, but. This reminds me of the exact same thing, like of like the avoidant and the anxious. So like the avoidant is like avoiding the other person and this person's like, like going to them saying like oh help me like what do you need like why are you ignoring me why blah 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 blah. like like you know and this person's like oh like your your behavior is annoying me like yeah stop like give me time like they're creating this person the avoidant is creating distance and this person since there's more distance is like trying to close the gap so this person's moving and this person's always the one trying to to close the gap essentially so it's like very similar that was the dance i was in it's not very similar. It is that I was the anxious and he was the avoidant. dancer and he was the avoidant. And it was that. That was like me with my ex as well. What would you say your other one was? Was that like. No, we were both secure. We were both. Yeah. Oh, God, that's nice. Yeah. And you know, what's fascinating is that you can be you can be different ones depending on who your partner is. Yes. Yeah, Because I think I'm normally very secure, but I don't know how I just got into a spiral of just like I just spiraled. Like I lost myself in that relationship and I just was like even though it wasn't very long, definitely turned into the anxious person in that relationship. Oh, being anxious, uh, the anxious side sucks. Yeah. That's why I got to that. I was like, I need to end this. I can't feel like this. It's better to be alone than feel this hit in the bottom of my stomach every night. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't like it. I would rather just feel neutral eventually. And instead of like happy and euphoric at the times that I was, I would rather just be at a neutral place and not with that dude who's making me feel like that. Yeah. Up and down. Well, I don't love anxious attachment styles, but I, I think it's really interesting. And another thing that I've looked at for a while now is around love languages. Mm-hmm. Obviously, probably everyone's heard of this. Like, they're the five love languages. Yeah. Affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. I mean, it's a concept, a concept. So it's not, you know, um, yeah, it's science, not science, but created by this guy named Dr. Gary Chapman. Actually, I heard he's not actually a real doctor. 
Oh, oh so he's another day. He's someone like a he's psychologist not... or something. I don't think he's a psychologist either. I don't know. I saw something recently. It's just Gary. Anyways. It's just Gary. Gary put a doctor in front. It's just Gary. He's he's lying. Fair enough. It's like the dames, you know? I don't know. It's like Maybe he is. A, I'm going to look, look at that before we publish that. Wait. Yeah, he's not a doctor. Okay. He's just an author. Gary, you be lying, but it's fine. You be lying. So I've recently been seeing, you know, some stuff on the social sphere about some of the unofficial love languages and I really resonated with these so heavily so I wanted to kind of like talk about them a bit but Mm -hmm. so I saw two one of them was around like the love language of consideration and the other one was consistency and for me obviously like I think we have elements where we like them all some people actually genuinely don't need some of them so but I think these ones are like huge ones that I don't know how we've skipped over. I don't know how Gary, Mr. Gary, because maybe he's not a doctor. So that's why he's not a doctor. He wasn't. He didn't prescribe the truth. But um, nope. I, I read this quote. It said, like, inconsistencies in a relationship is a form of emotional abuse. And honest to God, I feel that like if it's intentional, it's abuse. If it's unintentional inconsistency, I, you can't say it's abuse because they're not doing it on purpose. I still think it's abuse. I don't know. That sounds like hardcore. I know it sounds hardcore, but like in my relationship, obviously there was like a consistent period and I felt I felt mm-hmm. safe for a while. OK, but there was moments, especially in like the breakup part where it was like there was legit love bombing, like so much thrown at me mm-hmm. and then so much dramatically pulled away. Yeah. And it created just such inconsistencies from one day to the next. Like I genuinely didn't know like who I would get someone who was like who loved me and who cared about me and who showed it or someone who like literally couldn't give a shit didn't it respond to me and honestly that made me feel like I was just in constant emotional turmoil yeah and when you bring that up to someone this is where I think like it is emotional abuse if someone's saying to you hey like you're being inconsistent and I need consistency from you or I need you to to think about me or whatever and they don't the moment they don't correct that, the moment that is an emotional abuse because you know you're what you're causing on the other person. I don't know. I feel like it's just more selfish than than abuse because like, okay, if someone's, if I'm like starting to meet a guy dating him and he just stops calling me back, I'm like, okay, he's not into me. Like, I'm just gonna take that as he's not into me. Yeah, but that's not the same thing. I don't know. I think they're very similar. Like someone's not being consistent with me. I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna peace out. Like, why would that not just like come out of you naturally? To just want to talk to me. I'm staying in a relationship. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's like me in my relationship for five years. I never felt like, like, okay, so this is where good communication comes into play of like, if there's inconsistencies in my relationship with a person, it's normally because something is happening in this other person's life. And it's communicated to me what is happening. So it's like, hey, hey, babe, I'm going through a rough time at work. Like, I'm really stressed. And I'm like, okay, I know his energy is going to be low this week because he's drained from work. I'm not going to be like, oh, babe, like, why are you not like obsessed with me this week because he's drained right or like oh this week my mom is ill okay obviously something his mind is somewhere else yeah if i was in a relationship and someone my partner just randomly is inconsistent my mind would be like okay he's not that into me anymore like, he's into someone else this is where my mind is going and i'm like okay i'm not going to be with a partner i'm not going to beg my partner to be consistent with me i'm going to be like hey babe what's going on like i noticed something's off this week like how are you like are you stressed at work is like I don't know, whatever, you're going to talk it through. But like, I wouldn't beg someone to be like, oh, you're being inconsistent. Like, that's just like, 
No, but you shouldn't beg, and that's the point. But like, I wouldn't even ask, why are you being inconsistent? I would just be like, what is happening in your life right now? And if they don't have like a valid reason, I'm going to take that information as, okay, I'm not going to be with someone who's inconsistent with me. Like For me, that's why I think it is a love language, because I think... I think everyone should be consistent. That's just like a, that's just like a rule to relationships. That's not a love language. Yeah, but people aren't. Then you're not into your partner if you're not consistent with them. If there's nothing major... No, I don't think that's a love language. What, what about consideration? Same thing. That's the same as consistency. What do you don't have? If you don't consider me and we're in a partnership, but so is like so is like technically any of them. Then. No, like, no, no, no. Touch. No, that's not true. Some people are not PDA ish. Some people don't care about physical items. So like that's just they're like, well, why do you care about a physical item? Yeah. Like I don't think that's like that's like a make or break. I think the other things are like core values of a relationship. If you're not considering me, if you're not consistent with me, like do you even like me? What about quality time? That should be a given. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I don't believe in, in love languages in general. They all are like parts of a relationship. I don't think, I think gifts is like, doesn't have anything to do with any of the other things. And physical touch also. Some people are more touchy than others. But consideration, like consideration is like a core pillar. But if you just do whatever the hell you want in a relationship and don't ever consider your partner, why are you in a relationship? So are you basically saying that I'm looking at these two core things because I'm like, someone should treat you like this. And this is like what I want, but it's not actually a love language. It's just like, it's just like a basic standard that I've been yeah living without. Fundamental. Yes. It's a fundamental value. Yes. Generally. Uh, yes. If they're not considering you in their like life decisions, I'd be like, honestly, fuck you. You're not like, oh, um, today I'm in a relationship in Madrid, but I'm just going to move to Barcelona or I'm going to move to Granada did you not consider me and like what where our relationship is going like you know what I mean like there's yeah. certain things that you just have to consider your partner consideration in like big things so I don't know what you mean by consideration but it's big and small things like I thought of you and I here's this thing like for me like maybe that's where it is the love language maybe it is like if it's so only small things every day then yeah fine because that's like kind of like that's kind of like if it's like oh I bought you this thing because I saw it like that's just kind of like oh I saw this thing and I thought it was funny and so people like oh I thought of it but I didn't actually buy it there's like levels to it but this is why I don't think love languages are actually a thing yeah, why? Exactly for what I'm saying. There's like no consistency in it. It's not like a science. It's because you can't, I don't think you can like measure it. You can classify them as things and say like, oh, I love like, and you communicate this to your partner. Oh, I really like hugs. I love to be hugging at all times. Like when we're watching a movie and some people are like, I am fine just staying here. Like I don't need physical touch as much. Like, yeah, of course, every once in a while. Like that's what I'm saying. There's like degrees, right? Sure. But that's why I think like everyone has all of these to different degrees. And like maybe if you want to use this list to communicate certain topics to your partner, cool, go for it. Okay. Well, I don't know. Yes, fair enough. That's fair. I mean, I mean, you've definitely made me feel like, oh, I'm what a dummy for like looking at these and genuinely for like ages, like months, been like, oh my God, yeah, this is like a love language that like is mine. And I don't know, it's just like fucking basic respect that I'm just like haven't been allowing. I think it's basic respect. Some I've had friends who've told me things and I'm like, do you even like your partner? Like this doesn't even sound like you like yeah. your partner. Like not I'm not saying anything about your situation, but I've just heard like friends' comments and I'm like, do you like this person? Because that just seems like basic uh, yeah. levels of a relationship, you know? I do know. Wow. Awesome. I think I've just had like more realizations <laughs> on this podcast as we've been speaking, like, wow, how even more probably in a well, in a relationship I shouldn't have no longer been in because sadly it was not showing those basic respects you know, pieces of what should be in the relationship. And thus, that's why it ended. So, hey, um, more cathartic. Uh... I have one more thing that I think will help everyone in breakups is focusing on the bad things in a relationship when you're fresh out of the breakup. So I feel like it's very easy. This is what I did when I was fresh out of a breakup, making a list on my phone because I love a list of all the things 
that were like not my if I could drop my dream man right now what they were being what was missing in this person to be like just to give you the motivation of like it wasn't 100% perfect because I feel like that helps you get out of this like yeah because of course there's amazing things from the person you left but to like try and hype you up for a, <laughs> a fleeting moment that there's someone maybe better out there you know so like trades or things that like you didn't like about the relationship yeah or I don't know just whatever I haven't done that yet because I don't even want to but <laughs> maybe I will sometimes it helps honestly because sometimes you remind yourself of like oh but it was so cute when he did this and oh it was so cute but then you forget about all the like things that you're like no this was not good or like things that he said to make that made you feel bad or whatever yeah. you know whatever it is to write them down and then pull it up whenever you're feeling like oh my god he was my person a thousand percent and you're like no my person could have all these other traits or yeah. do all these other things or whatever to help inspire you okay well yeah i like it i think um thank you for helping me in doing this episode of like which i really felt like i needed to yeah girl honestly you are stronger than me i would not be able to do this i'd be in like a a ball in my room not processing <laughs> for at least a little bit longer yeah. so you're amazing thank you yeah well i i feel like like as much as i want to be like oh gosh like I, I feel so alone in this i know everyone feels this in some way like no you didn't live my relationship and no you don't feel who i have love for but i think we all especially by this point at 30 feel that we feel we had love and we we've had to say goodbye to love and for various reasons like it's sad when it doesn't work out it's really sad yeah. sometimes and I think just you know again as I'm in my 30s I think it's t it's tougher even more tough than like my early 20s relationship where I at least was like oh okay well yeah whatever like I'm young and I'll find someone and now it's like of course like that's possible but it just feels a bit more burden it is possible and it's gonna happen yeah well, it is if you're amazing out there and <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. This is, this is how I meet my guys. Jordan got hit on on New Year's on New Year's. So she still got it. So don't. Oh, God. She's going to be fine. Funny. That person could be listening to this, by the way. So like you still got it. <laughs> no, it's funny. Shout, yeah, out, shout out to you. I, don't care. I needed that hype. Thank up. you yeah, for no, hyping her out. feel better. Just if you're going through a breakup right now, I know like last year was this crazy period of everybody breaking up like I, you know, it was crazy. Like, and, and especially year. like oh long-term relationships, like it mine. was crazy. It, like, I, it was just this weird yes. planetary culmination of like, sorry if it ain't working, you gotta boot it. The vibes were off. Yeah, it was. It was not. Um, it was not working. So you should find solace in that, though. That a lot of people have gone through it. People will continue to go through breakups in yeah. the history of the world. Beautiful things come from breakup. It's like a rebirth. God, it feels like I feel like I've just come out the womb, and I'm like, what the fuck is this place? Like. <laughs> I was comfortable where I was. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. Put me back in there. It's shaking things up a bit. Yeah, I know it really is. But I'm here with all of you, whoever you are out there that are listening that that relate to this. And um, all I can say is like, for me, what I'm going to be doing and what I was doing when it first started back in June was like throwing myself into just me, me, focusing on me, healing me. Yep. I just want, I'm not like hunting for somebody per se. I'm just like, well, okay, I've been given this time to be quiet with myself, to figure out what I want, to figure out how I feel, to figure out what's next, to grow and cultivate these awesome projects like this podcast, growing that, you know, other things. I feel hope in 2024. I don't know what what this hope will bring it maybe it's not love right now but maybe it's because pluto just 
entered Aquarius. It's true. Pluto Pluto changed yesterday, and apparently Whoa. it's supposed to be like I've I'm an Aries, so apparently I'm supposed to like it's supposed to cut this uh 15 year horrific period for me. And honest to God, I was I was telling Ali like it's weird because 15 years ago was when I first started dating and like being involved with people game, and it's been fucking rough, man. Like it's been rough. Interesting. So you know. Yeah, I'm like, wow, okay, maybe it is a new chapter of just like things going better. Coming full circle. Yeah, like I'm just, I need a fucking win. I need a win. I need to see like, yeah, man, you like, I, I don't know how, but I somehow have stayed relatively positive. Like I love my moments of like everything sucks, you know, here and there. Yeah. (laughs) But I, I still like have so much hope in some way for anything, for everything. Good. That's a beautiful quality to have. Well, yeah, so better better fucking pay off this year because I swear to God. Yeah, well. I'm just like, I can't do another I can't do another cycle like this. No more. Mm-mm. You attract what you are, so be happy, be beautiful. Yeah, well, thank you guys for listening. And you know, if you want to share any share your stories or like what's helping you, what has helped you in the past on any of our socials, we are now live on Everything. TikTok on instagram on not on twitter twitter twitter's bye-bye come find us but yeah come come it's uh i think what, what are our handles on tiktok we're pretty sure never clueless all together all the words written out and on instagram we are psnc underscore podcast we'll put it in the description yeah so please show us some love hopefully you we get like so many more amazing new things to share in this this next year that are not the breakup but i'm sure i'll have like other things to think about and talk about related to this but i just yeah thank you guys for listening and for letting me share my story and see you guys all next week see you guys next week bye Bye.